0: First City Focus is supported in part by Good Samaritan, a regional health care center offering a variety of services from primary care to same day joint replacement surgery and more. Good Samaritan, online at gshvin.org. Duke Energy, powering the lives of its customers and communities, online at dukeenergy.com. And by Vincent's PBS members. Thank you.
1: Thanks for tuning in to First City Focus, I'm your host Nicole Carey. On this episode, a special home to help kids during a difficult time in their life is now open in Knox County. We'll find out how the Isaiah 117 house is ready to serve those entering foster care. Just like hundreds of hospitals across our nation, Good Samaritan is currently dealing with a crucial nursing shortage. We'll find out how simulated labs might be part of a solution. And at the same time, Vincent's University is looking to enroll current licensed practical nurses into a new pathway to earning their bachelor's degree in nursing. We'll focus on these stories and more right now on First City Focus. <music> a very special house in Knox County is finally open for service. The mission to make the Isaiah 117 house a reality in Knox County began about three years ago. Now, through hundreds of hours of work, volunteer dedication, and maybe some blood, sweat, and tears, the house is finally open to help serve children during what can be a frightening time in their life as they prepare to enter foster care. Jacqueline Cunningham is the program coordinator and joins me now with all the details. Thanks for being here, Jacqueline. Thank you. Um, first, tell us about the Isaiah 117 house organization and how it got started. Okay,
2: so we are a 501c3 non-for-profit organization, and basically it started out by, through Rhonda, who is our founder in mm-hmm. Carter, Ta- Carter County, Tennessee, and she had this vision of kids and how basically right now when they get removed from their homes, they go and sit at a DCS office and mm-hmm. they await placement there. And once she went through her own fostering journey, she realized the heartache and the emotions that these kids are feeling, especially guilt, that, you know, they feel like they're the ones that did something wrong to be sitting at DCS office, when in reality, they're the innocent ones and they did nothing wrong mm-hmm. and they deserve better. So she had a vision and her county had, community has stepped up and they built their own Isaiah house in 2019. And it just has completely wildfire throughout mm-hmm. Indiana and throughout about seven states at this point. Wow, that's amazing.
1: Um, So when did the realization come in our own area that we wanted to have a house like this?
2: Um, I had my own fostering journey back in uh, 2019, and it wasn't working the way that I wanted it to, and I knew God had something better in store, and so it came across that Vandenberg County in Evansville had an Isaiah 117 house. So after reaching out with them and talking to Rhonda through several emails, texts, phone Mm -hmm. calls, and even a visit to Tennessee, Rhonda gave us the call in December of 2019 that we were able to have our first Isaiah 117 house here in Knox County. Oh gosh,
1: <sighs> that's, that's amazing. So now this, this house will actually serve children, not just from Knox County, but some surrounding counties as well.
2: Correct, yeah, we will serve kids, um, and actually any surrounding county, but mm-hmm. usually Knox, Pike, Gibson, and Davies County.
1: Okay, um, so I know you touched on it briefly, but kind of tell us about the process. Um, of of a child a DCS coming in and a child getting placed in foster care how does how does that work
2: absolutely so when DCS gets called in to have to remove they make Mm -hmm. the removal and instead of going to the office they will come to the Isaiah 117 Mm -hmm. house and when they come to the Isaiah house they get loved on they Mm -hmm. um, are we want them to feel loved and that they're seen and that they are heard so once they walk through the door once they walk through the doors they are Mm -hmm. offered a, a tub a shower a meal A bed whatever it might Mm -hmm. be and then they get a whole bag of stuff that goes Mm -hmm. directly to them and that could be stuffed with underwear socks all hygiene products Mm -hmm. uh, any kind of brand new books that they want Bible they get their own blanket they get their own pillow and they get about three days worth of clothes to take with them and then we also like to walk alongside the foster parents Mm -hmm. we try to help them out so if they need anything a meal we will provide and then we try to do whatever we can for DCS too, because sometimes they um, they're in the valleys and they struggle, and they're in the middle of all the trauma as well. And we mm-hmm. let them come and put their feet up and get them a cup of coffee as well. Nice. Um, tell us about the physical house in designing it
1: um, uh, yes. to seeing it come to life as construction started. What ha- what has the process been
2: like? It's been a long process, mm-hmm. but it's been an, it's been a joy. It's been so fun. We um, it's so funny because I'm not a decorator by any Mm -hmm. means, but Amazon has been our best friend (laughs) a lot. Mm -hmm. We also worked with Walmart and Target, but we would just get online and just say, you know, what looks good. And our theme is colors. You know, Mm -hmm. we just want it to be colorful. We want it to be kid-friendly. We don't want a child to walk in and say, you know, like they don't want to touch anything or they're scared, but we also want it to be adult-friendly also. Mm -hmm. And so we just got on Amazon and we started out ordering curtains and then it kind of all came together. And then we got the rugs and then and then a lot of donations. All of our furniture was donated, so Mm -hmm. much was donated, and we just had to coordinate it and make it all work. And so it was a fantastic time to do.
1: Um, I know so many community members um, either donated time or goods, like you said. Um, What has the community response um, meant to uh, the Isaiah 117 house?
2: It's been truly amazing. It's been a blessing to see how Knox County and surrounding counties have stepped up to help for the Isaiah house because there is no way, especially during COVID that this house would be built without the community support. Mm-hmm. So we've had so many businesses and churches, youth group, prayer groups, small groups come together and say, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because every day we would walk in and there'd be stuff at our office door, you know, just to prepare the house with. We had a lot of contractors step in and donate either material or labor, labor hours. Mm-hmm. We would have um, what we call sock buddies and they are our monthly donors. We have an amazon wish list and the, we keep that updated weekly and we have mm-hmm. several people who purchase off that and then more importantly prayers we have mm-hmm. several um prayer partners who come alongside us and with the whole combination it i mean god is working in mm-hmm. mysterious magical ways
1: i know um one fundraiser that was always fun to see for the last mm-hmm. couple summers were the lemonade stands. And, and I thought that was a really good way of getting children involved as well. Um, how did that come about and, and what it, what, did you guys think it would be as big as it has become?
2: Yeah, um, it, w- it started at the resource center as a whole of Isaiah 17. In Carter County, they, some kids did it and it was a blast. And so now we've made it like a county challenge of the mm-hmm. lemonade stands. And I wasn't sure how it was gonna go over. And compared to last year, we doubled the amount of stands for wow. this year. And to have kids working with kids and giving back to kids is truly is amazing and they become creative and some are Mm -hmm. making baked goods and some have um, cinnamon rolls and to see the people come together to be willing to even do the stand on the side of their corner of their neighborhood or at Mm -hmm. businesses and it's truly amazing to watch. Um, As far as uh, staffing the house. What
1: goes into that process? Who, who is helping at the Isaiah 117 house and what's the process for them to be able to get involved?
2: Absolutely, so um, Megan Wedding and myself are the two program coordinators. So we're there, what seems to be 24 seven. And then we have um, childcare volunteers. And that is a three set training that they would have to come back with fingerprints, background checks, and formal care, you know, all the trauma care training. And then once that is complete, then they will be certified to be able to be around the kids. Mm -hmm. And then they will have badges so DCS is aware that they have been certified and they're allowed to be there. And then we have other volunteers who wanna come and they can maybe organize all the clothes or they can maybe pull weeds or mow the grass or stuff like that. So we do have two separate volunteers, but there's no way the house can be there without Mm -hmm. the volunteers. And there's nobody at the house 24 seven. We're Mm -hmm. not a group home. So the volunteers are basically on-call as needed Mm -hmm. whenever there happens to be a removal Um, if
1: anyone is watching and they feel a calling to help serve in some way um, how how can they go about doing that
2: absolutely they can go to our the isaiah117house.com and that's our general our main page and they can go to knox county indiana Mm -hmm. because there's also knox county tennessee so make sure you click indiana and you can volunteer that way or go to our Facebook page. We do a lot through social media or Instagram, and that's the Isaiah 117 House Knox County, Indiana, and our Amazon wish list is, list is on there, and that gives updates of what's happening day to day, week by week. Mm-hmm. But we are always, always willing for people to walk alongside us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, that you, know,
1: you recently just held your grand opening and ribbon cutting. Um, what was it like that night, when you've seen all of the hard work all along these, these few years, yeah. Um, to finally know now we're open for business. What, what was that feeling?
2: It was so real. You didn't, it, I think I'm still processing it, to be mm-hmm. honest, because it was amazing to see the community come out and support a house that's been in the works for almost three years. So to see people come out and join in and keep asking, what can we do to help? What's the mm-hmm. next step? You know, what, what's there? Where can I fit into this? It has been truly, I mean, it's just amazing to see it. Okay, well. Great work
1: and I uh, can't you. wait to see all the good that the Isaiah 117 house does for the community. Thank you. For more information on the Isaiah 117 house, you can visit our website, vincentspbs.org. The Indiana First Region has announced its plans for the Regional Economic Acceleration Development Initiative, or Ready. Knox County will receive around $4 million of Ready money. AND SOME OF IT WILL GO TOWARDS ADDRESSING THE NURSING SHORTAGE AT GOOD SAMARITAN HOSPITAL. NEWS DIRECTOR Shalina BARKER EXPLAINS HOW OFFICIALS PLAN TO USE THE READY FUNDS TO DRAW MORE PEOPLE INTO THE FIELD.
3: THE UNITED STATES IS DEALING WITH A MAJOR SHORTAGE OF NURSES. ACCORDING TO THE AMERICAN ASSOCIATION OF COLLEGES AND NURSES, THIS SHORTAGE IS ONLY EXPECTED TO GET WORSE AS THE GENERATION KNOWN AS THE BABY BOOMERS GETS OLDER. While the southern and western regions of the U.S. are expected to feel the shortage the hardest, it's still a hardship hospitals right here in southern Indiana are experiencing.
4: The reality was we were seeing the shortage of nurses starting to come along before COVID. COVID expedited it, and you've seen the mass exodus and the great resignation that you read about. A lot of that is a result of these nurses and these caregivers have had to work so hard. And then when they go through the process of donning and doffing PPE every single day and dealing with what they watched and witnessed from uh, this pandemic has been to the point where they kind of said, you know, I'm I'm done. I can't take this anymore.
3: Rob McLean is the CEO of Good Samaritan Hospital. He plans to address the nursing shortage by dedicating around $800,000 of ready money to upgrading its nursing simulation capacity. We have these cameras and then we have a microphone and all that so we record them. Currently, there are only two nursing simulation labs. By next year, McLean hopes to add around two more labs and thousands of dollars worth of new equipment. He hopes expanding these labs will allow them to take on more students and give them a bigger space to learn.
4: So Good Samaritan does about 700 medical students a year. That can be nurses, EMTs, uh, other caregivers that are working throughout the organization, medical students that are getting ready to try to get into uh, residency, going from medical school to residency. And so they're all using these sim labs, these two sim labs.
3: The nursing simulation labs consist of special mannequins that behave as humans do. They're able to replicate talking, blinking, and even getting sick. These lifelike mannequins give students the opportunity to learn how to respond to different scenarios. While the expanded labs will play a role in getting more nurses in the doors of Good Samaritan Hospital, there is another element to the hospital's plans. Officials hope to partner with schools around the area.
4: Different universities, whether it's Vincent's University, Ivy Tech, working with the IECC, which is the Illinois Eastern Community Colleges, Having them be able to have a presence not only from the standpoint of being in schools but also bring their students to Good Sam and work in our simulation labs, work on apprenticeships, do a lot of the things that we've always wanted to do and these ready funds are going to be an opportunity for us to be able to invest back some of those dollars into something that I think will be wonderful for our future.
3: The plan to reach out to students also extends to high schools. McLean says he hopes to get students thinking about the nursing field at an early age.
4: We wanna be in every high school in Knox County and we'd like to have a shot at the high schools outside of Knox County in the 11 counties that we serve because that is the younger generation is who will replace each and every one of us. The younger generation are the ones that early in their, in their high school careers are starting to think about what do I wanna be when I grow up? What do I wanna do for a living? And what kind of passion do I have? And this requires a passion. It requires a purpose and a sense of servanthood that is beyond just other jobs.
3: While a lot of focus is going into attracting more nurses, officials say they haven't forgotten about the nurses they already have.
4: Those that have stayed and and those nurses that we have and those caregivers that we have in this organization are world class at everything they do. And we greatly appreciate everything that they've done. And the best way to show our appreciation for them is to make sure that we get enough staffing so that they can take a break. So that they don't have to work double shifts and work extra bonus shifts all the time, but they can actually take a break and spend time with their family and friends.
3: In the end, Good Samaritan Hospital hopes their plan will account not just for the current nursing shortage, but problems anticipated for the future as well.
4: Having the capacity five years from now to be able to look back and say, hey, we put something in place that allows us to continuously recruit, not only today, but tomorrow and the day after.
3: Reporting for First City Focus, I'm Shalina Barker. Good Sam
1: officials hope to get started on the new lab additions by this December and begin utilizing the space next year. Well, just as the demand for skilled nursing professionals has evolved into a dire need, Vincent's University is working to do its part in helping to alleviate the shortage with their traditional programs, as well as a brand new offering. Starting this fall, an accelerated program aimed at licensed practical nurses who are looking to earn their bachelor's degree is now available. Joining me now to explain the core of this program are VU's Nellie Jones, who is the chair of the LPN program, and Stephanie Garrett, Associate Professor of Nursing. Thanks for being here today.
5: Thanks for having us.
1: So for years now, there's been an increasing call uh, for nurses to level up their credentials um, and now throw in the recent shortage of nurses across the country. How does this accelerated path to a bachelor's degree um, help those who are already working as licensed practical nurses?
5: the flexibility of the program has really been designed to help the licensed practical nurse uh, work as well as go to school to advance their degree and um, it really gives them the opportunity they can come to one class once a week on campus and then they can work all of our clinicals are precepted so that means that the student finds a preceptor in their geographical area mm-hmm. and they can do their clinicals close to home so they don't have to live right here in Vincent's to Mm -hmm. come to this program. They would only have to commute one day a week, but the program is also hybrid, so they wouldn't have to come every single week for classes also. So we really designed it to make sure that it was flexible to meet the needs of the students, to be able to work and learn and advance their career at the same time.
1: Okay. And how long have you guys been working on designing this program?
5: This has been in the works since the fall of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, We've worked really hard to uh, make the curriculum good and sturdy, as well as flexible uh, and meet the standards of our accrediting bodies, Indiana State Board of Nursing and uh, ASIN, our nursing accrediting body as well. And so I feel like the time and the effort that we've made in this program is really gonna make a significant difference and hopefully uh, help the students.
1: Okay, Um, earning a bachelor's degree in nursing not only allows for career advancement, but
6: also with it will come an increase in salary usually, correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what's so important and what's so exciting about us launching this lpn to bsn program is that for we are what two one of two or in the state in the state of mm-hmm. indiana the lpn mm-hmm. 2 and program so we have a large demographic of licensed practical nurses who now have this flexible opportunity mm-hmm. to go back and advance their degrees and it does open up avenues for them to earn more money Mm -hmm. but more importantly whenever we look at nursing we look at the core of nursing we know that as you level up your education it improves patient outcomes so that is so very very important and and Mm -hmm. critical to the heart of what we do as nurses
1: wow Um, so uh, a a licensed practical nurse decides to enroll in this program Mm what does it look like then when you're trying to map it out for them? Can they they take a slower pace or is it rigid?
5: Yes, no, it is. um, We have a uh, fall and a spring start date. So if they decide they didn't wanna do fall, they could enroll in spring. We also have a full-time track, which they could get done in as quick as two and a half to three years, depending upon what kind of courses they would need to take that are non-nursing courses. Um, And then the part-time track, could go up to about five years, four to five years, still depending upon those non-nursing courses that they would need to take along with their nursing courses. Another great thing about the program is that they're taking their nursing courses at the same time as their bachelor's courses, so they're Mm -hmm. kind of getting the degrees at the same time, instead of spread out and have to get their associate degree and then go back Mm -hmm. for their bachelor's. So um, they do get that opportunity to do it all together. And all of the bachelor's specific courses are all online so they would not have to come to campus for any of those Mm -hmm. and the lpn to bsn courses those are the ones that are hybrid where they Mm -hmm. would come maybe one day this week and not next week they would have an online assignment so we really built it to be flexible for the student and to have their best interest at heart
1: that's great Um, and of course once they complete their degree the next step is the state licensure exam yes and um, how, how, do you, how do you help support students as they venture out then as they prepare to take that exam?
5: Absolutely, I think that student support mm-hmm. is very high on our list in all of our nursing programs. Yes. Um, we have an, uh, a company that we use called ATI that helps mm-hmm. to support their learning through the program and they also give individual, um, tu- that's not tutoring, so with ATI and
6: whenever you look at their NCLEX prep that they have so ATI Mm -hmm. is a program that we have integrated across all of our nursing programs Mm -hmm. which is fantastic so with that being said ATI really works to as you talk about leveling up education Mm -hmm. it levels up those students so when they get to that part where we're preparing them to take that very important NCLEX exam, Mm -hmm. we can actually, they have a program that we can structure and we can help them see what they need to do to be successful and it will give us, um, not to get too technical, it'll Mm -hmm. give us data that we look at and that we can then do um, analysis on to better help prepare them. And one thing that, you know, obviously, we we are a community college. We support our community. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we really, truly do pride ourselves on is that our students aren't just our students. So I can tell you that my my, senior, I teach the ASN roles, the associate degree roles course, Mm -hmm. which is kind of their professional preparatory course. And we have NCLEX built into that. And I stay in contact with those students. Mm -hmm. And we, all of us, we have, okay, have you... Have you talked to this one? How are they doing? Do they need support? Mm-hmm. So yes. it's just one of those things that are so very important. That, that truly makes us unique here at Vincennes yes. University. Okay. If, yes.
1: So if somebody's tuning in and maybe they, they're, they're the licensed practical nurse, they thought, you know, it's too hard for me to try to further my degree, what would you tell them as far as looking into this program?
5: They can do it. Um, I feel like the support from our nursing programs is immense because mm-hmm. we really do go um, above and beyond for our students. We want to help them succeed, so I feel like that individualized um, plan for each student is very important. So we can get with them and talk about what's best for them, and just to reach out and talk to someone about it, and um, talk to a nurse and see you know what the difference is and what they like about it, and mm-hmm. and talk to some a student Uh, we love to have our students talk to incoming students to Mm -hmm. kind of tell them how it is and um, what nursing school is like so just to reach out and Mm -hmm. and talk to others about the programs and what their interests are and also to reach out to faculty members because we would be happy to help okay all right well thanks so much for stopping in today thank you
1: to find out more about the accelerated nursing bachelor's program visit our website, vincennespbs.org. And now for our final focus. As we previewed a couple of weeks ago, the Cal Ripken 10-Year-Old World Series recently took place in Vincennes. Twenty teams from all over the United States, including Hawaii, landed in our city, playing 58 games over nine days. Photojournalist Adam Reinhart captured moments throughout the extended week Let's head out to the ballpark and see if the tourney was a home run.
0: that the beach
1: looks like the tournament was a Grand Slam for all of those involved. Over 2,000 season passes were sold for the Vincennes World Series, which was won by the Marlton Chiefs from New Jersey. Vincennes locals Cooper Stearns and Davion Jennings were also named to the all tournament teams. And that's all for this episode of First City Focus. For everyone here at Vincent's PBS, I'm Nicole Carey. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.
0: First City Focus is supported in part by Good Samaritan, a regional healthcare center offering a variety of services from primary care to same day joint replacement surgery and more. Good Samaritan, online at gshvin.org. Duke Energy, powering the lives of its customers and communities, online at dukeenergy.com. And by Vincent's PBS members. Thank you.